Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. Pilot Boys in the building. Welcome back. Episode 80, Partha. We just keep zooming along. I feel like Every week feels like we're in we're in a new uh, a new uh, new 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 number, right? Yeah, we dude, are in a new like number, a, but it feels it's like, like it's a, moving. Fast. It's a story too, right? Like every ten episodes, I feel like uh, really like every episode, but like every ten episodes, we're on a different topic. Yeah, it's like our growth is documented throughout this series, and you know, this is only this is only twenty eight episodes together. You I know, know what I mean. I know it's crazy. But you know, we'll what an amazing going. experience, man! It's been great, man, and it yeah. keeps getting better. Yeah, better. Quick shout out to Alex getting us getting us together on the uh, the internet's and our social media frontier. <laughs> <laughs> if you're seeing those posts, I hope you're liking them and sharing them. Help us spread the word on this pod. Definitely, definitely. So let's get into it, man. A lot of interesting, interesting storylines this week. We that I'm like, start with the big one, V. Bill and, Melinda, yeah. Bill and Melinda Gates getting divorced at, uh, you would think at the finish line of their race, right? Dude, <laughs> isn't Bill like 70? He's 65 and she's 56. I actually did some research and looked up these things. So I wouldn't That's know. That's what I'm saying. Like she, she can get remarried, but what yeah. the fuck is Bill going to do? Dude, when you have money, <laughs> when you're Bill Gates. <laughs> You think he's been spending too much time with Bezos? Uh, maybe that is it. But I think maybe also getting a sense. I feel like we all, anyone who follows the business world has has has, has tapped into the, the life of Bill Gates in some capacity, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can imagine even in the documentary that they did, um, it's got to be very difficult to maintain a, per, a strong personal life when you are someone like that who is so intrigued and interested in solving problems all day long right um and i think that typically what happens is the the partner makes a willing sacrifice for for the bill gates in this scenario right? right and i think probably as they've gotten older um they've probably both realized that this was more of a an agreement once you have kids and stuff like that, it changes everything, changes the dynamics. So many different things change the dynamics over time, right? Time itself, having kids, the kids then leaving, you know, maybe because now they don't have those things to do together, those structured things that they're doing. Right. They're starting to see some of the cracks in their, in their marriage or their relationship. And I think, you know, for a long time, personally, for me, I always looked at marriage, part of what I was trained as like this, this sacred thing that don't make the decision to get married unless you were going to be willing to be in it for a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're told. It's also very expensive to get divorced, typically. Um, so that's another crutch. But if you look at the data, most marriages don't last. It's hard for two people to get along. I think the fact that they made it 27 years considering how profile high profile of a relationship they they had and how high profile both of them are should be celebrated um, that's not something that i look down on they grown adults who made a decision like you only have one lifetime why would you continue to spend it 
with that person. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you know, that's a good take, man. For me, it was like I, I was more like heartbroken, honestly. Yeah. Because it's tough. Like I'm somebody who I I believe in the idea of like wanting to like find a life partner, right? Yeah. And I think when we look at the previous generation's divorce rates, obviously there were a lot of marriages that were entered into either at too young an age or for the wrong reasons, right? Yeah. Kind of ties into our deep dive topic, which is gonna be a great one today. But essentially when you're when you're moving through life and you find someone who's moving in the same direction, I feel that that can be a really long-term mutually beneficial relationship. And I value the fact that I have very long-standing friendships as well. Like the, yep. I really value people that stay in my life for a long time and move in the same direction. So it's like hard to see two people who, you know, I, obviously this is like whenever you're disappointed about something, it's you, right? For me, it was like, I was disappointed that somebody I looked up to like Bill Gates didn't really have a shit together like I thought he did. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, money's a lot, right? Obviously, you know, there's a lot of reasons to split up after many, many years of marriage. But like, in my view, two happy people don't separate. So it just shows that at any point in life, you could be the richest person in the world does not mean it'll make you happy. Like there's so much more that you need to do to have a successful relationship. Right. And that's, I think that's the moral of the story for me is that if you want that, if you want that long-term relationship, you have to invest yourself in it the same way that both of them invest in their philanthropic efforts. And, you know, my guess as a observer would be that over time, as, as you continue to build, if you don't continue to reinvest in the foundation of a relationship or if you grow in different directions, then it can make sense to separate. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody is going through this kind of personal journey in life and you may not be the same person at 40. Your experiences between each five-year window might change your perspective, your identity. You know, you might read something spiritually that changes your perception there's so many different things, but then also, you know, I think also there's got to be a lot of stress in that relationship to both be married and work together that closely to solve some of the biggest challenges that we're facing, right? They're yeah. constantly in a pressure cooker. Um, you would think, oh yeah, they're rich, but they put a lot of, it's not like they're just sitting back on a yacht somewhere and saying, hey, we made it. They continue to try to find problems to solve. And the reality is a lot of the problems that they're trying to solve lead to a lot of trauma, right? Yeah. The, the, the inability, the reality that you cannot be God, even if you have all the money in the world, that some of these challenges are, are going to drain you. Yeah. And I think that probably played into this, into this as well. Um, and, and I, I agree with you. I believe in the sanctity of a marriage and relationship, but if their relationship changes and they're not right. married, but they maintain a friendship and a, a good relationship, I don't, I don't see why they're, you know, why society would put so much on them. Oh, they, they failed at their marriage. It's like, yeah, okay, totally. you know, we all fail at many different things, you know, but if you look at the, at, at at, at both of their lives, they've they've succeeded more than than they than they failed, right? Yeah. They've, they've raised three kids together. They've had a successful marriage, a successful business partnership. So that's why I think sometimes this this pressure that people feel, 
um, about changes that they're going through and how that impacts the people around them. I think the most important thing you can do is actually have a partner in which you can have those conversations and be honest because I see a lot of relationships continuing um, in this world where two people are no longer happy anymore Yeah, because of that belief or the family pressure, they, they stay together. And a lot of times it will be even for the kids and it'll be like, sometimes the kids are more negatively impacted by an unhealthy home environment than they would be if the two parents were apart, but got along and had, had understanding that, Hey, we're raising these kids together. We both play a vital, vital role in that happening because I do think there's a significant difference between how a child develops if they've got two parents versus one parent or no parents at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Straight up, bro. Straight up. And you know, the other part of this, I mean, obviously Bill Gates was very under fire earlier in his career, but I wonder if the kind of sense of population distrust around their foundation, everything they're doing played a role in this. Yeah. I mean, we will never, the thing that we, we know for sure in this scenario, and it should tell you the strength of their bond is that we will not hear about what happened from either one of them. They're probably, they're going to keep it under wraps. They're going to raise their kids together and whatever personal issues they have. uh, They spend a lot of time, a lot of money and time protecting uh, their personal lives. And I think that it would be, I'm I'm grateful to them for that because I don't necessarily want to hear all the details of their personal life either. It's their business. Yeah. Straight up. So Another one bites the dust in the uh, in the, the marriage category. Yeah, in the successful long term marriage category. I know, I know. A quick question on that: Do you think that once you enter into a marriage, that idea of for better or for worse um, should supersede everything? No. Yeah. No, it shouldn't be for worse. Yeah. But I think that. I have like, I argue with a lot of people in my life, right? But I still love them. Mm -hmm. And I think like there's, it's more like how you manage yourself and your partner needs to have the same ability to manage themselves. But there has to be an understanding that's mutual and then continuously reaffirmed that there are ways to speak to each other and ways not to, right? There Mm -hmm. have to be clear boundaries. There have to be, you know, moments where you can give each other space to grow individually like there's a lot of that right so i like i look at a relationship more like a business partnership but like for life where you're both trying to grow in the same direction so short like if you're both trying to go in the same direction you know i i'm not I'm not even classifying like the physical components of what we define as relationship into how I define a relationship, right? Yeah. Like there's open marriages that are highly successful. Like there's a lot of people who have different types of lifestyles. So, you know, no judgment on any of that. But I I definitely believe in the fact that a life partner can help two people, like two people who choose to be life partners can actually accelerate both of their own journeys if they choose to band together versus riding this, this whole thing solo. So I think when you find someone going the right direction, I do believe that it can be sustained. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent, you know, and I think that that's, that's where, you know, you have to get um, yeah. in, a, in a relationship. And the truth for me is that you, a lot of people, when they're evaluating their partnership, 
they're not evaluating it through the proper lens, right? Yeah. Like you said, a lot of these other things get muddied. It's attraction. It's what does my family think about them? What do my friends think about them versus, hey, is this the person that's best suited to come into my life and help me get to where I'm going? It may come across as selfish at first, um, but it's not. It's actually, okay, can we, can, you don't, you don't want people rowing in different directions in the, in the same boat, right? Right, right, exactly. And that's, that's, that's the key. And I think also there's a degree of acceptance of sacrifice that you have to be willing to make, right? Like you cannot be, that's what I always tell people. It's like, I feel like so many people even get married through a selfish lens versus mm. looking at understanding that it's one of the most unselfish things, even a relationship, but let's not even define this as marriage or not marriage, any long-term relationship or partnership. It's just like, I just feel like people, people don't evaluate it at the outset through the right lens. And that impacts the rest of the relationship because it's two people being really selfish without taking the time to understand hey, this is how they move. And these are the adjustments that I need to make if I'm going to be with this person. Instead, they try to change that person and they're yeah. not, you're not going to do that. Yeah. Two people can't change each other. We're all individuals, you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think yeah, that's a nice hint toward, uh, you know, the the deep dive conversation too. But it's like, whenever you enter with your own desires in mind, right? Or yeah. whenever you... Um, or even not able to identify the fact that you're entering with your own desires in mind. Like that's, that's a recipe for a bad outcome. You're mostly working off of like lust at that stage. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, love is a very difficult emotion to find. And just the whole concept of, you know, finding a partner, right. It's like with today's society, we, we go off somebody's image on their dating profile or by whatever means, but it's, it's really a much more complicated thing than, than just two people that like each other you know yeah. that's that's why a lot of people struggle with it i mean i, I don't and, know and like i'm definitely not the expert here you know and it's also it's also <laughs> it's also complicated by not just that the lust aspect but the the resume aspect right so many people are seeking like they need to have this fit this profile this type of job this type of education this type of stuff and it's like a lot of times when you try to create a checklist, you're not going to find people that meet everything on that checklist and that you actually like yeah. as well, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've got to be willing to kind of, you know, I've told you this too, is like you have to be open to receiving versus yeah. seeking. Yeah. You know? I know for, for me, that's, that's, that's what that it's what when the light came on from a relationship standpoint, I've been really bad at them for a long time, but I feel like I'm starting to get better now. I, I, I feel like there will be a point V with marriage where straight dudes will start marrying each other <laughs> as like life partners. Right. But they'll still maintain like the singleness of their um, like romantic lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that paradigm is coming. That is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. And vice versa too, right? Yeah. 100% straight girls too. I think when <laughs> with our current society, we're valuing accomplishments so high that I think we're going to value them pretty quickly over family. Ah, man. Could crazy. be coming. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy to think about. But 
It is the reality. And, you know, there's, there's definitely constant wedge being like in everything. There is constant divisiveness through media and everything between driving a wedge between male and female relationships as well. That's constantly happening too. Totally. Man. So uh, we got to mention, mention the motherland too. Um, India is really struggling with COVID right now. Yeah. Um, it's really, really sad to see some of the videos um, that I'm seeing on social media where they don't have oxygen, they don't have masks, they don't have um, the proper tools to support um, the population. And I was actually relieved when the initial outbreak of COVID happened. I was very worried about India because I'm yeah. like, and any any country that's overpopulated to that degree where you cannot really social distance, like right. imagine what New York City was and multiply that. That is what most major cities in India are. Um, and then you take into account a it's it's almost like America, the Indian version, right? You have an overzealous um, prime minister who's focused on winning an election and wants to keep everything open and isn't even acknowledging like what's going on daily. I mean, they had 400,000 cases in one day yesterday and it's, um, and he continues to hold rallies and not acknowledge that this thing is true. And then also there's a vaccine shortage and also the spread of this more, um, I guess, potent or deadly strain of the virus is hitting India as well. So again, I mean, for people who are out here saying, hey, this thing is over, um, it's only going to be over if we all kind of act responsibly and do the things that are necessary, right, to stop the spread. The numbers are the numbers. We're seeing the impact that it's having, not just here, but globally. But it's not hard to do the basic right things, right? Like <laughs> wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated, like and once you're vaccinated, you know, they said you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Yeah. In small groups, you're still supposed to wear them in large groups. Yeah. I will say this. I'll say this. I'm kind of a punk with some of these mask rules. I yeah. definitely don't wear it anywhere. And I put it on when I'm asked to. But it's because you're, you're that's you're, how I am. That's just how I am. So I'm actually the guy you're talking to right now. Yeah, you've 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 been you've been around too many right wingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that. It's uh, <laughs> it's the fact that after a year of like living my life that same way and not catching it, you just get frustrated. Yeah, just like I don't know, but it's I mean, you, but you, you did, also, but you you don't realize that you naturally did a lot of the things that other people. Well, yeah, that do. that's what I'm getting at. That's the other part of it, right? I'm already a clean guy. I already wash my hands. I already take yeah. care of myself. I I take care of my health. I eat right. I take the right nutrients. You know what I mean? So like, I have a million are, other things are, that I'm you doing. Are, you don't go into a lot of big public spaces no. either. Yeah, I didn't do that anyway. Yeah. Right. You know, I got I got uh, in trouble. I was at Joshua Tree this past weekend. And we were having breakfast at uh, this was like this was actually ridiculous to me. So we were ordering food and, you know, there's like um, some mask rules, but indoor and outdoor dining are okay in California. Right. So I go to this breakfast spot, no indoor dining. They want you to wear your mask. So I went outside after I got my food. I was waiting for my food. And I was sitting outside at this patio and I was sitting like, you know how they have like the wall between the restaurant and the sidewalk. You know what I'm talking about? The patio. So I was sitting on that wall and my feet were on the restaurant side. 
and I was eating this bagel while I was waiting for my friends to get their food. And they came out and told me I couldn't eat there. And I was like, I'm like 15 feet from your door. I'm at the edge of your patio. If I turn my hips the other way, I'd be on public property and then I could eat there. Right. Yeah. And that was just one of those situations that I was like, you know, I think it's those moments that you look around and you're just like rule following for rule following sake is stupid. Right. But like making smart decisions about who you are, where you're at, why you're like how you're handling yourself. Like, obviously, if I'm feeling even a mildly sick, I'm not going to be around people, you know, and that's how I've been my whole life. But like there's the people that are sick that still show up to things because they can't handle you know, taking that time to recover, right? Because they're like, oh, I need to work. I need to go to this music festival. That's like the behavior that, you know, I think spreads it. Well, you know, the, the old saying in, in, in America, I truly believe ignorance truly goes both ways, you know? And I yeah. think, I think there's the, the, the side of people who are just extremely ignorant and just they say, oh, fuck the rules, fuck this virus. They don't care to even understand it. It's just, this is another impediment by the government on our, on our, our livelihood. And meanwhile, we're seeing hundreds of thousands of people die. That's one side of ignorance, right? And then there's the other side too, which is not as dangerous, but equally as annoying, which are the virtue signalers who, who see this and, and look at everyone who doesn't, you know, doesn't follow the rules to a T as someone to criticize and, and admonish. And I don't think that that's a healthy way to handle this thing. And that's just the truth, you know? Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, I got myself a mask I like to wear, you know? So yeah. at least I like to wear it when I wear it. Right. Yep. That's the other part of it. Like if you have to follow a rule, you can at least make it nice for yourself. And the thing is, I, I really admire some of these people who took this, inconvenience and made it like a fashion trend thing mm -hmm. it's another expression of their personality and i you know i think it's pretty cool that you take something like that and, and do it that way i don't think it's healthy to just say you know go on the other side and say this disease isn't real and i'm not wearing a mask because i yeah. don't feel like it that's that's some stupid shit right there yeah yeah that is some <laughs> stupid shit <laughs> um i'm moving it on um yeah, let's get into some NBA. So, uh, Russell Westbrook, man, unbelievable. This was the right year for him to get to a team that he could lead because it seems like he was waiting for that opportunity, and now he has some actual talent around him. Yeah, he has great talent around him, a coach who knows how to utilize him. You know, Scott Brooks was the coach at Oklahoma City Yeah, um, when he was there initially. Um, and then you're just seeing the amazing results, like – these numbers don't lie. Like, I feel like this is what's happened with Russell Westbrook. And I, and I'm just going to say it is he's almost too perfect to be true. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the reason that he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves is because he doesn't give a fuck what the media says about him or thinks about him. He doesn't pander to them, cater to them. He lives his personal life the way that he wants to live it. He doesn't have, you know, as far as we know, no skeletons in the closet have come out and he knows, you know, how good he is. Right. And he doesn't have that insecurity where it's going to come out where he's going to lash out, you know, unnecessarily or take it out unnecessarily on someone who's undeserving. And I think as a result, a great disservice is being done to basketball fans because I think when you look at these numbers, he's averaged a triple double now for four seasons, 
Oscar Robertson did that for one. Yeah. Right? He's now got two 20 plus assists, 20 plus rebound games. The only other player that has one is Wilt Chamberlain, right? Like he could, he could average 0.0 assists, zero rebounds for the rest of the season and still average a triple double for this season. Like when you just take a moment and you think about these things and you open your mouth to utter a criticism, he's a great teammate. His is he's great in the locker room. Why does he's not even a candidate right now for MVP? Yeah. Right. You know, I know he does have an MVP. But looking at Washington, by the way, before and after is a pretty strong story for him. Yep. But it goes, yeah, it is. I was going to say to your point, like he's too gifted. People don't like when, when somebody is naturally gifted. Yeah. I think that that's, that's it. And he tries hard. He works hard. He does everything. I think people He's a good guy. Yeah. I think people don't really like people who do everything right. And there's a, I think there's a racial component to it to a degree degree as well. If we're being honest, if he was, if he was Larry Bird, um, if his name was Larry Bird, I don't think he'd be. No, there was a less athletic version of Russ and that was Aaron Kraft at Ohio state. Everyone loved him. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but look, we love Russ. He's one of our favorite athletes. Um, I follow him, um, and just keep doing what you're doing, man. Why not? Yeah, straight up, man. So uh, in the meantime, homeboy Braun has been, you know, seems resting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the question is, is is this injury something that he's just doing to rest, to come back in the playoffs and, and, and destroy everyone? Or is there something, are we finally starting to see um, Mother Nature <laughs> essentially have its effect because if you look at this guy's career between postseason Olympics, he's been playing, doing a lot of damage to his joints and legs and putting a lot of stress on them for almost over 20 years now. You know, it's inevitable that at some point, even he is going to start facing some consequences. And the reason that I'm leaning toward this being more of an injury issue and frustrating him um, is the fact that he is sitting out again. Um, and literally the Lakers with the new format, that's why he's making these complaints about the new format. Yeah. He was such a big fan. Cause they're going to have to play in. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, if they have a play in game and he's not healthy and the Lakers don't make the playoffs after they won a championship, that's when the noise is going to start like that championship in, in terms of legacy, right? It's yeah. not about season to season anymore. It's about legacy. Oh, that was just because it was a shortened season. It was a bubble. Everything played perfectly. Look at what happens when it was a full season. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. <laughs> you know, we know. We yeah. know. We know the storylines uh, either way. And if he comes back and they win a championship, we know those storylines as well. So. I saw a theory that the NBA was fixing this uh, with him to uh, get the Lakers into the play-in. <laughs> to draw some additional attention to yep. the playing game and yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be hilarious, but I don't know if anybody should want to play uh, play Phoenix, want to play Phoenix or Utah right now. Phoenix is good. Utah's really good too. And that's the, another guy, Chris Paul, who just goes goes yeah. to wherever he goes and makes that team instantly better. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's awesome to see all these guys. You know, I'll say I'll I'll close the LeBron chapter with this. I think that 
it, he takes longer to come back from injuries than most, right? Yeah. But I do have some inside information on the groin injury from last year. And my understanding is that that was a pretty severe injury. It was just very unique in the way that it happened to his body. And mm -hmm. so my my thought with him, because he takes such good care of his body, is that the only way he's really going to get injured is these, like to your point, just like the aching, like the just the amount of effort he's put into playing for so long does take a toll, right? Yeah. But I think with taking the extra time coming back from injuries, he's going to be able to maintain his his level. I, I actually think he'll have maybe this year, next year, and one year after at this level. I just don't think we'll see him in the regular season anymore. I think whenever something starts acting up, he's going to be gone. Yeah. He's just yeah. got to figure out a way to get his team to stay in the playoffs when he's not playing. And he's got to get over. I mean, I know he hates not playing. You know? Yeah. That's and uh, AD you know, has had his injuries this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, AD is injury prone, right? Like yeah. LeBron we've seen never have any injuries until these last two seasons. Yeah. Um. So that's, that's, you never, the one thing that you had with LeBron was he was always available, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you realize how hard they went from the number one seed to barely in the playoffs with him missing a significant part of the season. So, yeah. Those two guys make that team go, and they need both of them. Yeah. So uh, moving forward, we did our NFL draft uh, special episode. And uh, V man, what are you thinking now after the after the draft? We sh we share some texts about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm really really proud and thankful to um, the Cleveland Browns ownership for seemingly finally getting it right with a good <laughs> GM and a good coach. I have my questions. Like, what are they doing again, hiring this this young, inexperienced guy? But he clearly, clearly is no Sashi Brown, um, and he is no uh, he is no fluke. I mean, we had an impeccable draft, handled free agency extremely well. Like, the Browns have haters now, bro. Like, that's how you know we've made it, you yeah. know? Like, and question remains on whether or not Baker truly is great but what barry is doing and the coaching staff is doing is surrounding him with a team by which they can still win whether or not he's great or not yeah and he's um, good enough right yeah he's and, good enough and uh you know the the big storyline was <laughs> justin fields did not seem too happy to be drafted by the chicago bears no he did not <laughs> <laughs> but that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. And, you know, and that was a surprise. Honestly, I did not expect him to slide so far. Yeah. I think, you know, what, what, what happens is I think Ohio state becomes a very popular topic around anything football. Yeah. Because I think people, you know, media outlets know that if you write an article about an Ohio state player, it's going to get clicks. And I think they spent more time criticizing him than any other quarterback in this draft. You you know, there are only yeah. so much you can write about Trey Lance, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, or how many people are going to care about? No, most people didn't. I was shocked to see two other quarterbacks than other than Trevor Lawrence get pulled above him. Yeah, I mean, and it just goes to show you the things that it, it's really frustrating because you, you hate bringing this topic up, but it 
in situations like this, I think with him and Sean Wade dropping to the the fifth round, knowing about those kids and really knowing how people attest to their character and who they are and what they represent. I feel like those are things that should have lifted both of their draft stocks versus causing them to fall because Justin Fields and Sean Wade, they didn't get in any trouble off the field. If you talk to any coaches, they work hard, do their job, they're leaders, weren't out in the social life crazy like that. It's just really, really unfortunate that you see a guy like Justin Fields or a guy like Sean Wade drop below what they deserve because they did the right thing. If Sean Wade had opted out of the season, he actually played through a turf toe injury and other injuries just to be there for his teammates. I feel like if he would just opted out, he would have been a first round pick, but he came back, played through the injury. And as a result, doesn't go until the fifth round. Like, those and are the he, well, it's not like you like we talked about him all season, right? It's yeah. not like he even played badly. Like he played pretty well, especially at the end of the team season. All American, yeah. You know, I, there. I, it feels to me, it feels like something behind the scenes yeah. happened. Yeah, that's definitely what it feels like. You yeah. know, I mean, there are players that drop, but usually there's some sort of explanation for it. In these yeah. two guys' case, there really isn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. But, you know, you are you go where you're supposed to go, and I don't think Sean could have ended up in a better situation than with a stable organization, with a stable coaching staff that will develop him into the great player he wants to be. And I think also for Justin Fields, despite Chicago's history, they do have one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. They're investing in offensive line. And, and they have a great defense. So it's better to get drafted by a playoff team uh, that's on the way up than to be drafted by a team who's trying to figure out how to be competitive. True. True. Well, anyway, um, moving things forward, we could talk about, we could talk about a few things, but first I want to talk about DJ Khaled's new album. I, I was that. a fan, bro. I'm everyone has been hating on this thing on social media and I am just, I am obsessed with it. I feel like a lot of the criticism is coming from the younger generation of music listeners. It's mm-hmm. not coming. Like for me, the thing that I love about the Khaled album is I'm able to listen to artists that I listened to when I was 12 years old on the same record with new artists that I'm just learning and getting hip to. Right. Yeah. Like, that's what I've always loved about, about Khaled. He's a, he genuinely loves music that he loves he loves reggae he loves hip-hop but you know he's the guy that can get Nas and Jay-Z on a track like that record if you're an entrepreneur or anyone who has big goals and dreams like if that record doesn't inspire you and motivate you then what then he gets he pulls out that reggae record where he brings all the legends on and it's a phenomenal record so it's like I understand like the little baby yeah track the second track I mean, I, I I understand, right? Like, and I'm sure you understand. Khaled is <laughs> he can work your nerves sometimes with his histrionics, <laughs> you know. But when you know he's a genuinely good guy and he doesn't mean any harm by it, like if that's what I don't understand is like if you dislike DJ Khaled, it's like one of those guys. Like I say this a lot about certain people. If you dislike DJ Khaled, there's something wrong with you. That's a yeah. problem, not a Khaled yeah. problem. Straight <laughs> <You> up. <know? laughs> 
probably the most likable guy in the music industry because yeah. he's just full of positivity and he's always smiling, laughing, dancing. Yeah. He's a, he's about it. He loves music. He does. And and he knows music too. Yeah. He knows how to put together. He, he discovers artists and he stays current, but he also still pays. It's just brilliant how he does that and he gives us all something to listen to and like, you know. Yeah, know, and it's like just it, everything. Hit after hit on that album. Yeah. If you haven't checked yeah. it out, it's a great road trip song. Road trip album, I mean. I listened to it on a drive I had this weekend and it was it was very smooth. Khaled Khaled. Khaled Khaled. <laughs> I think that's probably what people get annoyed with is the what? fact that he's always tagging every song. So every yeah. song starts with another one. We <laughs> the best. You're like, dude, I, it's your album. I'm already listening to it. <laughs> it's the spirit of music that's moving yeah. him constantly, man. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a joy to watch. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. He needs to come. We need to hit up his, uh, his PR person and get a check for this. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, in the meantime, I just want to share some personal news. We just launched colorways for the first time with our company lasso. Uh, you can check those out at lassogear.com. A bunch of really cool colorways. We actually wrote some motivational phrases, essentially, um, and printed those at unique points on the sock just to help you stay moving and remember why you do it. So that's like a cool, cool little signature thing we did. And uh, today we actually launched our collaboration with Dog Pound Fitness. It's uh, one of the trending celebrity gyms, a pretty big following on social but just an amazing group of people who are just so on point with how they handle fitness and uh, a brand that we could not be more honored to be collaborating with. So that's all that all happened today. And that was fucking awesome. And then over the weekend, I went to the launch party for Cali water, which I was texting V a little bit from, um, but it was just this amazing event led by my friends, um, Oliver, uh, Trevena and Vanessa Hudgens, the actress, um, they started this company really just to bring a new type of beverage category to the market. It's cactus water. It's like uh, slightly less sweet than coconut water. I think it's freaking amazing. Uh, we had four cases and uh, V can attest, uh, you know, we were running. I, pro- I probably drank about half of one of those cases. I tried Bro, to be respectful. Everybody has come through and oh, just dude. had one and then been like, can I have another? Can I have another? Yeah. It's an amazing drink. So uh, check that out if you're into any sort of like healthy kind of alternative beverages. It's it's freaking great. Um, that launch party was in Joshua Tree. It was at a private residence and it was just an insane, insane experience to be there. Yeah, man, a lot of good news happening at the same time. And I'm really, uh, really excited about the new colorways because I think um what you're trying to do with with the brand is essentially both solve people's functional problems right while also solving their fashion issues yeah <laughs> you know which is you know coordinating and 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 understanding that there's a lifestyle that goes along with being healthy yeah um and and understanding the branding aspect of it i think a lot of brands in your category don't understand that and they cater they cater specifically to the the need. Um, and the truth is that the need is vast. It's not just focused on people who have foot and ankle injuries. This is actually preventative health. Isn't that what doctors say? Preventative health is, yeah. 
um, the most important thing you can do. And I think that I can attest to personally wearing the socks for the last six months uh, since I've met you um, that, that mm, I feel better. My feet feel better. And, and, uh, and I think they work. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, and the men's health thing to mention as part of this, we call this the great convergence, all this stuff happening at once. Uh, we're named number one on men's health last week as well. So yeah, man, V life is good. DJ Khaled dropped a new album. You know what I mean? It's good. Moving. We're moving into the clouds slowly and slowly. We're yeah. Getting... Pilot boys are elevating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's time to take this break. Um, we had a lot to talk about. Let's uh, let's take this break and get back into this deep dive, which will bring a lot of what we've been talking about earlier full circle. Show the Pilot Boys some love by getting some of our exclusive merch at shop.pilotboys.com. You're listening to the Pilot Boys Podcast. Hey guys, this is Partha. You might know me as a Pilot Boy, but I'm also the CEO of Lasso. Lasso is a high-performance lifestyle brand that makes the Lasso Sock 2.0, the most functional sock ever to help you stay moving on any adventure you choose. Lasso uses patented compression technology with scientifically proven ankle stability to support key ligaments and tendons as well as moisture wicking materials and built-in strike padding. So every single step is stable, soft, and cool. Lasso socks are also used to treat foot and ankle conditions like plantar fasciitis, Achilles pain, ankle soreness, circulation issues, and more. Check them out at lassogear.com or at lassogear on social media. Undo Media is proud to be the production partner for the Pilot Boys. Storytelling is what they do. From video production, podcasting, and consulting, Undo Media's focus is on telling your story. Find out why four Emmys and hundreds of clients will back up why you should contact Undo Media for your next project. Look them up at undomedia.com. And we're back. Partha has broken his fast and is, uh, is back with us. Uh, he is drinking beverages and fluids again. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing this fasting yesterday because I wanted to try it because everyone does it for Ramadan. And there was the point that I crossed halfway through this podcast where I was just like, if I continue to fast for the rest of the day, I got to go do a lot of shit today. I, I would not make it. So, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's why when people fast, they just stay at home all day, right? Yeah. Yeah, not fun. Amazing that there are people who fast and play basketball. That's yeah, I mean that's hard as shit, dude. I don't even understand. Yeah, yeah. you could but, do it. It just wouldn't be pleasant. Yeah, and you don't put out your best work either. Yeah, I'm not a proponent of doing things without a real reason for doing them. I understand the idea of of fasting, um, both from a health standpoint and a religious standpoint, but I think that oftentimes there are a lot of people who just do things to do things. And that's not really uh, a great way to go about life. Yeah. Yeah. True that. Well, jumping into this deep dive, let's talk about doing things just to do them. Right. Yeah. The topic is staying on your own path and avoiding distractions. Um, when I wrote this out for V, we talked about it in the context of karmic distractions, which might be a little bit too abstract for us to dissect. So I, mm -hmm. I want to reframe it to essentially say, I'll just tell a story. So there have been so going back to the topic of relationships from the beginning of the podcast, 
there's been so many moments in my life where I've made a decision that took me out of what I feel is like my direction or my purpose because of a girl or because of some like need that I had to feel cool or feel loved or whatever it might be. I chased, you know, almost horizontally instead of like continuing forward in my path. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's powerful because when you look back at at your life, there's so many actions you can take at any given time. Right. So like if I was in high school, right, and I want to start a business, this is top of mind because I've been mentoring some kids um, from from my hometown, actually. And um, they have these these ideas. I want to do this. I want to do this. You know, they want to build companies. So when they go about building them, there's kind of two types of kids. One spends all of their time thinking about it and never does anything. And the second time just starts doing things. And then they screw things up and then they figure it out. They do it well. And then they get really, really good at what they do. Right. Yeah. And the thing I like about that second personality type, I think it's where everyone should strive for. It's, it's action oriented and you're moving forward, but there become points where you slow yourself down. And like, when I look back at my life, a lot of the times I slowed myself down, we're like, I don't know if my friends can keep up. I don't know if my significant other can keep up, right? Those are things I felt as a kid when, you know, I had, I was the highest performer in my friends group, always have been, still am. And now I've just become friends with a lot of high performers. But if you look at the kids I grew up with, you know, great freaking people, but they didn't have the same drive professionally that I did. So mm-hmm. for me to achieve professional success, I had to be by myself right mm-hmm. in in even at that age like educational success academic success i had to i had made a lot of decisions to not hang out with the group because i had different goals than them mm-hmm. and that is like what i'm talking about when i say karmic distractions it's like the things that pull you away from what your true purpose is and like the direction you want to go and there's like good things like love and family and like really like great emotions but then there's ego driven things like i don't want to be by myself so i don't want to go too fast right or like for me an issue that i've had is in relationships i've usually worked harder to make the other person happy than i did to make myself happy right mm-hmm. and it's like that's another one of those things is almost more ego based, like looking for that, like satisfaction or fulfillment from someone else rather than just choosing to drive your own journey and choose your own adventure and staying action oriented. I think that the entire key to like success revolves around taking ownership of the direction you want to go, setting a game plan and then being very decisive about it and moving forward and not letting anybody else change the direction that you're going. The only thing that should affect you is the data you receive from, you know, the byproducts of your actions. Yeah. I mean, easier said than done, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, a lot of there's, there's, there's two sides of this one. You actually have to go through life to understand or, or making the mistakes to process and understand these things, right? Like, because there's so much stuff that we're all told matters, right? You know, um, you know, like you said, the the concept of when you're 19, 20, 21, a relationship even mattering at that point, right? Right. You're 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 trying to figure out where you're trying to go from a career standpoint, you know, and you're trying to figure out what you're trying to do with your personal life, 
and you still don't know who you are yet. Right. Right. Um, and I think the process, what I think finding a focus or something that you invest in consistently does for you is it solves a lot of those problems for you along the way, because when you prioritize something, everything else kind of falls in place the way it's supposed to, because you're not spending as much time focused on thinking about those things from a perspective of what do I need to do versus what I don't need to do. You just put yourself in a position to receive the energy that the universe says, Hey, this is a person that's meant to be on my journey. That's supposed to be a part of my journey. And they're going to keep going, whether that's a relationship, a business partnership, a friendship. I think too many people spend too much time thinking about what they want from those relationships versus just letting the world come to them and letting the people that are meant to come into their life, come into their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is kind of the hack. Um, Stop, stop seeking um, that. And and also understand what your goal is and what your purpose is. Once you understand that, then if, some of those distractions from a personal standpoint also are distractions along your journey. And they are things that are tests, right? Like what happens when you're a man and you start being recognized and start making money and start generating revenue. Suddenly all these females suddenly care about you more than they ever did before. Right. And you probably, most of the people who were driven to be successful, they sacrificed a lot of those things to get there. So now that it's coming easy, they get lost and they don't know how to manage and handle those things yeah. because it's, it's not based on reality. It's based on the results of your journey, right? Mm. And anybody that's coming in based on evaluating the results of your journey understands you in that present phase. They don't understand that phase before that you went through to get there. And I think the successful relationships that we see among successful people almost always come with people and in relationships with people they knew before they became successful. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, that's like the most well said thing ever. I remember one time um, I was sitting with, it's a jazz trumpet player named Wynton Marsalis. And I was sitting with him and we were talking and he told me, his advice was like, don't, He's like, whichever girl is with you, you know, before it happens, that was his advice. That is who you should be with. Because after the fact, nobody's going to understand where you came from. Exactly to your point, B. And I think like that's I mean, that kind of sums up like the part of the challenge. Right. And obviously it works the other way. If you're a girl, you know, guys are into you, too. Like same same thing. Right. But um, I think I think the big, big challenge around it is that it's also there's a there's a spectrum to it because we're all looking for happiness we're all looking for balance like we're not robots we're not entirely career driven so there's this balance of like how to pick the right friendships and relationships versus which ones are bad for you and like mm-hmm. usually what i'm finding in my own journey is that it's the insecurities that drive you to make the wrong choices and it's like the truth inside of you that that's guiding you in the right direction so like whenever you like whenever you're making decisions, be how how do you like differentiate between where the decision comes from? Experience. <laughs> <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with it, but I think 
just going through the process of understanding my own securities. We all have them, right? Yeah. Like, and that's a big one for guys. It's like, <laughs> I can't even tell you, we were talking about before the show, how many guys are driven to succeed just so that they can get the girl or girls right. that they dream of. Right. right? And by the way, that was, that was a big driver for me when I started. Yeah, I think yeah. it's true. I think we all kind of go. That's, again, one of those societal things that's placed on us, right? Like, what mm. does the successful guy get? He gets the nice car. He gets the beautiful woman. He gets he gets the big house. Those are the things that are repeated in every single thing that we watch, right, growing right. up. Right, And so there's no way that that's not going to impact you. But then also, like, what happened for me is I've seen and been around so many different people who've had different levels of success, whether celebrity obviously drives a lot more of those like personal things than necessarily always business success. Cause you can be successful business wise and not necessarily be a public figure and have a lot of attention. Yeah. But specifically with celebrities, I've just seen that it's a short term thrill. I don't find anybody has long-term success, except for maybe Derek Jeter, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's like the outlier. Yeah. Um, With that kind of, once you get get that success and you buy into the quote-unquote rewards of being successful and you start chasing all of the byproducts, I was able to observe and sit and see friends who had all of that not be happy. Yeah. And so that helped guide me in terms of giving me an anchor of like, that shit isn't all that it's cut out to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You one know, of my, what? one of my advisors, um, he made this analogy, um, of like, what is the movie versus what is real life? And he's like, he talks about, he's like, I'll be with my wife or I'll be with my family. It's like, that's, that's the truth. That's what's real. Yeah then I'll go into this room or be on TV or be with all these celebrities or whatever. It's like, that's the movie. And he's like, as yeah. long as you can understand that you you play a character when you're in the movie, you're good. Right. Yeah. And like, that's 100%. important. You have to recognize that when you step into, whether it's the spoils of success or whether it's any context to your point where you're being evaluated on the end result of who you are, but not on the truth of like the core of who you are and the full journey of, of who, what you've gone on. Any of those situations, I would say fall under this category of being the movie and you play a character and that's part of it. You know, you dress the part, you look the part, you act the part. That's okay. Right. You can, you can do that, but that's not it. That's not, that's not the reality of life. It's just a part of it. Yeah. And I think that that's a, he framed it wonderfully. Right. But what do, what's the problem that a lot of actors in movies have is they take on the role. Yeah, you can't life. turn it off. Yeah. They can't turn it off. And they don't. There's this distinction because the thing is your real life and the people that are really around you consistently should be the people that that challenge you or are more willing to challenge you than the outside world. Because the outside world is, as you said, getting an actor or representative or a piece of you that they want to give and i think what happens to a lot of people is once they get that celebrity and that adulation or that business respect from the external environment suddenly they take for granted those people in their you know in their real life yeah 
who are actually still looking at them as a real person, still challenging them, still t- still calling them out if they, you know, if they don't make the bed in the morning or don't take right. the trash out. You know what I mean? Those people become more of a hindrance for people who get caught up in that world of success where the majority of your life is spent in the movie. So yeah. you f- forget that when the movie's not on, that's your real life. You yeah, know? yeah, straight up, bro. Straight up. And I think there's like, there's two ways to handle like even like getting to that point in life right one is you just become addicted to it essentially right Mm -hmm. that would imply that you're missing a lot of self-love yep the second is you like to recognize it for what it is you know whether it's like we started this conversation with dating but i think success is an equal equal thing that seems maybe to be more your achilles heel whereas the relationship side is more my achilles heel yeah um but like process i mean that's the age gap right there yeah and i i think that's a journey for both of us right like like v like you you had so much success but you have worked very hard to like almost distance yourself from your reputation getting too large because you you really value staying grounded and you were I mean, in essence, scared you'd lose yourself, right? And like, that's like, for me, it's like kind of the same thing, but on the relationship side, like I meet some amazing women in my life, but how how do I know that I'm getting into a situation where I can actually handle myself in it, right? And it's like, you have to build a level, like I had the same kind of challenges when I first got a lot of media um, mm-hmm. and I handled it really poorly. I like mm-hmm. really kind of like dive bombed a lot of my personal life. So after co- going through the experience of handling it wrong, I'm sure you had a similar kind yeah. of thing on the professional side. You like look, you look around and you're just like, well shit, like I handled that wrong and I think I know why is cuz I wasn't happy and you you build the you build the balance in your life after that. You start to understand that like one thing isn't everything and so like that's why hobbies are so important. Like I was talking with Nafis this morning. He's like, mm-hmm. "So what do you like I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I've been working like it's I've been hella focused, but I have a few hours every night that I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, what are you going to do? I was, are you going to start a venture? Like what? I was like, I think I'm going to get a hobby, bro. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do something that has absolutely no functionality to the world. And it's mm-hmm. just fun, right? Like just maybe start painting or some shit like that. It's important to have those things. Yeah. And that that grounds you like that's where you get to sit and be like, OK, that is raw and real and honest and like where I could fi- like be with myself meaningfully. Did you find a practice like that? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, my relationship is a mm-hmm. big part of that. I think also just, um, I didn't, I don't enjoy those worlds. I don't, it's work, right? Like for me, it's like networking and going to like these big fancy events or, you know, being a part of something or experiencing something that everybody wants to experience. I'd never really get to experience that truly from a perspective of a fan. There's times that I force myself to do that. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure the same is true for you. It's like, you've got to have a, a, a life yeah. that's yours. That's not controlled or dictated by anyone else's schedule where anyone wants you, but like that you fully have control over. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't think it needs to be anything specific. You don't need to throw yourself into like a specific, Oh, I'm going to become a golf. It's, I'm just <laughs> going to carve out time to, 
to do things that I want to do. That's yeah. not dictated by what someone else wants me to do. And yeah. I think it's that, very- that right there, by the way, a lot of people can't say that. Like a lot of people can't do shit. They just want to do because they want to do it like that. That exactly is, I think, the challenge here. Yep. Yep. It is. It is. I mean, every aspect of our lives, if you think about it, we're born into a family. Yeah. Is expectations that are had, that are put on you by the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason, a big part of the reason um, we have such a challenge with mental health, even among successful people, because it's really, really, really hard to satisfy everyone all the time. Yeah. Your decisions, when you're making decisions that truly make you happy, they're more inevitably going to make other people unhappy. Right. Right. And I think for me, I spent a lot of time and I've spent, I'm still working myself out of it, of trying to give every single person that I care about in my life what they want and what they need. Right. And what you do is, unlearning that you realize that you've kind of shortchanged everyone because you've made your life more difficult because you're essentially created the expectation of who you are already for these people over a certain number of years. How can you expect them to suddenly accept you as any different? Right. 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 Whereas if you do it the opposite way and you tell them you handle the situation early on and make people deal with shit early on, they have a, a a runway in which to get used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's just a key lesson that I'm working through. It's a lesson, right? And I had to actually go through life and experience it to understand that lesson. But the key is whenever you learn that lesson is to try to make the changes that are necessary um, to improve that for yourself. Yeah. The and other th- part is like in what you just framed, like how you know, those people help, Uh, actually change your decision making there's a point in your brain where like you have the intention of like what you want to do start inside of you then there's a bunch of convoluted what ifs and then there's the actual action you took which is usually different from what you wanted to do right so like those what ifs are like well what do that person think of me like what will this person think like will i upset my parents will i upset my significant other will i make my friends uncomfortable and lose my friends will i lose this community i'm part of right yeah those questions we should all just simply throw them out the window and that's again easier said than done but if you can at least observe that they're happening then you can say okay those are my fears this is what i want to do then you can make the conscious decision to go ahead and do it and acknowledge your fears and then you end up at the same place that i'll say that is where i am with most of my life now where I recognize the fears, but I make the decision I want to make, but it's still far scarier than I want it to be to make the decisions I want to make. So my hope is that over time, just staying true to myself, it becomes more and more natural. But like part of that is our, our society with social media, with the way that we interact, the consequence of rubbing society the wrong way is immediately felt and it's very large, you know? Yeah, it is. It's just a, it's, it's just tough because the reality of the world, if you're building something and you want the public to consume it, you almost have to figure out a way to find balance between these two worlds because I'm learning this the hard way. Like you have to figure out a way to give the consumer and 
the customer or whoever else you're trying to satisfy to generate revenue for your business, what they want. But you also have to stay true to yourself. It's such a difficult thing to do. But a lot of it comes with what we've been saying, the work that you do along the journey to success. Don't wait until you are successful to start wrestling with the things that bother you. You know, Mm -hmm. deal with them along the way. The same things for the most part, the same things that bother you when you're rich are going to be the same things that bother you when you're poor. The same things that bother you when you, you know, when you're old are going to bother you when you're young. You know, it's just, it's all about conditioning your mind to deal with those things and work through them in an efficient, efficient way. It's not about just being happy and go lucky 24 seven. It's about processing information and processing this stuff in a healthy and productive manner. And if you're able to do that, like I think both from a personal and professional standpoint, because one thing we didn't touch on is from in terms of like distractions that come along the journey and, and you're seeing a lot of these distractions now, right? Like there are certain highlights that you have that objectively make people say, I want to talk to this guy, you know, yeah, I want to be in business with this guy without having to do sometimes some of the harder work because you've got things like Forbes 30 under 30 that objectively kind of like place you into a group. Right. And society has been framed to understand what that kind of means. And as a result, there's a lot of stuff, noise coming in that looks attractive from a, both a personal standpoint and a professional standpoint, but how are you filtering the bullshit from the shit that you probably need to pay attention to? Right, right, right. Exactly that, man. That's, that's really well said. And I think, you know, if I were, if I were to add anything, it would just be that the only tools that have helped with this process are journaling, reflection, and meditation. And these are all things you do by yourself. And it can be as simple as just taking 10, 15 minutes every day, sit by yourself, take a walk, whatever you want, just turn off the phone and let your mind go. And, uh, that practice, you know, helps with all of this. Yeah, it does. It does. And having conversations with your friends like the one we just had helps as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, honestly, this podcast is, has been a huge driver for my personal growth in the last 28 weeks. I think I've made more progress as an individual than I had in the two years before that. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I think, it's funny how the universe, you know, and we don't like to get into these things from a superficial standpoint. I mean, there are so many things that we have in common, but we didn't know each other. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think the timing of when we came together is, you know, we won't get too much into this, both from a per- professional and personal standpoint of like, have we told this story on the podcast? I'm not sure if we have. Just, have just tell, just tell the, just tell the whole thing. We'll clip. We'll, this will be a clip, everybody. so when we were doing the podcast before we were looking for interesting guests and a friend of mine rama said hey you should get this guy partha partha on i think you know you guys would really click and i was like honestly (laughs) when he told me i was like i wasn't sure how serious to take it but he said it again and i was like all right let me look into let me look into it I saw your company. I saw what you did. And I was like, Hey, this would be a good guest. I actually saw your, um, your, I think Ted talk. Oh, and I was like, 
I was like, okay, this isn't what I thought you might be based on what he told me versus like actually being able to see and understand the person. I was like, oh, you would make a really good guess and had you on. Um, and within that, probably we had probably an hour conversation beforehand. Right. Yeah. They, and, we had a pre-call that turned it turned out way longer than the interview. Yeah. It did. <laughs> and through that conversation, we really realized like how much we had in common, even though our journeys were different, we're different ages, like stories are similar. And I think at the time, like what you were going through personally, what I was going through personally, what you were going through professionally, it's almost like the timing of that friendship or the birth of that relationship has led to this, where we're at now, where we talk for an hour, hour and a half every week and probably spend hours between talking about every, literally everything um, that we're dealing with and managing in life. And that is just, I think, very, very helpful um, in your journey. And it goes back to, putting yourself in position to receive part of the reason that I set up this podcast was because I've invested so much in so many years and learning about so many industries, meeting so many great people. How do I create value from that? And you create value from it just by doing it, starting it. And through this process, you know, not only have I learned more about people I already knew, but now I've developed a, a meaningful personal and business partnership with someone that I think is going to be a lifelong friendship. And that is the value of just acting on the things that you want to do in life. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'll tell you from from my perspective, it was, you know, I do, I do a lot of podcasts. So um, I did at least, right? So I, I had no idea what to expect. But what I guess what no, not many people knew that for a couple of years, I was trying to start a podcast. So mm-hmm. I was trying actually in the hip hop space because I I'm just so in love with rap. I yeah. wanted to have, um, you know, discussions whenever a project dropped. But what I found is that it wasn't a consistent enough rhythm to get people to be able to commit to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Even myself to get mm-hmm. myself to commit to it. So over time, you know, I was just like, you know, it'll come when it comes. I'm not worried about it. And when you hit me up after the interview and you're like, hey, do you want to hop onto this? It was great because I felt like I felt like we had a vibe that uh, during the interview, you know, I, I like I'm probably the only entrepreneur that'll say this, but I freaking hate telling my story. Like, yeah, it's so documented. You can Google yeah. it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like do your background research. But I want to share how I think because I just think that as humbly as I can say it, I just think that I truly believe that I, I'm tapped into something and I feel like if I can just communicate what I feel to the world, like I can help a lot of people, like genuinely, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so my sentiment was always like, man, if people could record the conversations I have when I'm with my friends who are also people who I feel are tapped in like that, then we could create a lot of really good things in the world and just really coincidentally meet someone with like we have so much shared in terms of our world perspective which i think is really important but our paths have been while in the same space very almost very opposite like we have very opposite tendencies despite the fact that our personalities align so well you know yeah and like that was i like you you couldn't match it better 
and so that that for me was like the most satisfying feeling of like okay like it does like life does really kind of come together when the right time is and just being able to have the conversations obviously like meeting you for the first time a few weeks back freaking amazing dude yeah and it's just like nice to have those moments in life where everything falls into place and it was because you stopped trying to put things in place exactly yeah you know what's the what's the line you said a couple of weeks ago the only thing between you and that thing is the action right yeah and that's that, i think that's a great way to summarize this is like run your race and let the people who want to jump on and be a part of your race fall in place right stop seeking stop chasing you know um and just keep acting keep doing the things like i think something from a business perspective that can be taken away from like where I was at versus where I'm at now and kind of getting a gauge into where you're at is, is that right? Like stop thinking about the thing and just, just do it. You're going to, some things are going to go well, some things might not go well, but the only way you're going to find out is by actually doing it. You can't have like a a hundred page business plan <laughs> yeah. Day of plan. Well, the trick to life is most people do screw up all the time, right? Yeah. But the people who are successful communicate that. They're not emotional about it. They take accountability for it. Say, hey, I screwed this up. Here's what happened. Here's what I'm going to do to fix it. Yeah. People like to work with people like that. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. They do. They do. And and also people who are willing to let go of their ego enough. I think both of us are able to in our relationships and our friendships be able to give respect as much as we take it. Um, and I think that that's valuable too. a valuable yeah. takeaway in this too. is like, if you're meeting someone that you think can do something for you, um, that's really think that through before you seek out that relationship, um, yeah. in terms of whether what you're seeking is actually valuable to you and to that other person or just valuable to you. Um, and that will help you a lot in your, in your networking decisions. Yeah. And I also want to say, I'm not a big fan of this law of attraction stuff, but it's definitely real. It's definitely, it's a definite real thing that there's a way to put yourself in a state that you attract a lot of things. But I think of it from the lens of gravity. I think of it like, if you build a sense of solidness in who you are, right? And you're concrete in your values, in your perspective of the world, still open to change in like nuanced takes on how things work, open to receive new information, but solid in the way you approach life and how you treat people, like the important things in life, like the soft skills, solid in, in how you communicate, your understanding of who you are and what you're going after, the more you invest in like building clarity there, it creates like a sense like, I actually feel this physically. It's a sense of inside of me, like anchoring me to like where I'm trying to go. And it helps me to not be swayed by attention or noise or rumors or jealousy or love you know it helps me to to stay very central and i think that that's an area a lot of people um could stand to invest in is just building a, a clear sense of personal identity yes 100 percent. and if you do that along the journey when you get to 
your success. It's going to be, you're going to be a lot happier and you're going to enjoy your success a lot more if you're, if you do that work before you become successful in a long hundred percent or along the way. Yeah. Usually that work is what makes you successful. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, the whole uh, Gary V's new wave on happiness. It's it's the same thing. Yeah, figure yourself out. The rest comes after that pretty quick. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, <laughs> I think that ties really nicely into the theme here. I think we did. I think we did cover this uh, pretty deeply on this deep dive. We went pretty deep in the ocean on this one. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and. You know, as as we always say every week, um, you know, stay moving, of course. And um, with Pilot Boys, our goal is is to help you reach your dreams and and live your life to your fullest. And uh, you know, as always, uh, be you. You is fly. Pilot Boys out. Pilot Boys, we get on up. We don't fly.